The material in this podcast is for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should not rely on this information to make any medical-related decisions. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a doctor-patient relationship, and nothing should be taken as specific medical advice for any given person. I hope you enjoy Marked Medicine. Hey, Mark. I have a question. Okay. How many times do you think I've asked you that question? Do numbers go that high? I doubt it. And from that concept, the idea of marked medicine was born with Dr. Mark Brulte. And with Amanda Brulte, my favorite nurse practitioner. And you're now listening to Marked Medicine. Welcome back, everybody, to Marked Medicine. Today, we have a very interesting topic, functional medicine. We have two wonderful guests, Mr. Bobby Guess, a family nurse practitioner. How are you, Bobby? I'm good. How are y'all? And Melissa Guess. And so we're excited to have y'all here. They run Revive Hydration and Functional Health Clinic here in town, our first functional medicine clinic, I believe. And it's going to be fun to learn about all this. You know, a lot of what we've done so far has been mental health and how mental health impacts your physical health and the, the, all the things that come from that. And we've discussed the signs and symptoms and what you can do about it and all the community resources that people are putting together to try and help these people. But today is going to be different because it's root cause. It's the thing that you've heard me talk about the why, the why of medicine. And that's what we're talking about today, the why, the root cause analysis of a lot of our chronic health problems. Functional medicine addresses each person individually. It's kind of a comprehensive care approach um, and prevention and root cause analysis and attacking that root cause is what it's all about. And, you know, I was a dentist before I went to medical school. And what first kind of looking back on it, my first thoughts about functional medicine, uh, I guess you could say, was I learned in dental school that people with their with intact dentition lived on average seven years longer than people without their natural teeth. And I'm getting, I'm thinking as a dental student, going, why is that? This must just people that have the money to go to the dentist. They probably get colonoscopies and mammograms and just take good care of their health in general. I'm thinking that's the why, you know. And then about that time was when they started noticing that people with gingivitis and periodontal disease and dental disease in general also had higher rates of strokes and heart attacks and coronary artery disease and atherosclerosis in general. So then the whole concept of, of chronic inflammation is, is coming around. And I'm thinking about that. And I said, well, maybe they're losing their teeth and it's causing disease. And that's actually why the people with their natural dentition are living longer because they don't have that degree of chronic inflammation because the only way you keep your teeth that long is if you take good care of them and keep them clean and don't have... So that that's kind of my, looking back on it, my first bat at uh, functional medicine. So anyhow. Well, and there's actually one recent study, I'll link it for anybody that's interested, that says treatment of periodontitis reduces serum CRP levels up to six months out, you know, to a degree equivalent to that just by lifestyle or drug interventions, lifestyle changes or drug interventions. Right. So it's it may it's the chicken and egg thing. And so maybe I was wrong. Maybe actually the taking care of the teeth was the important part, not the actually having a gap. You know. So so anyhow, Bobby, tell us tell us what you got going on with this clinic, and tell tell us what you do. For, tell me, I want to know. Okay. Um. Well, I've been a, a nurse for. Almost not. Well, I was a nurse for nine years in the ER. 
and then I went back to nurse practitioner school. I worked a little short stint with um, the hospitalist program, and of course, I, I always loved the ER, so I went back to the ER. And then, you know, the COVID pandemic come around, and we I'll, I'll get to the to the rest of the story in just a minute, what actually brought us all about this, but this is the most recent thing. You know, the face of healthcare in general over the past three years has completely changed. So, you know, there was fighting uh, a pandemic and a disease that we didn't know anything about, and a lot of times we were we were being told one thing, and that was then was telling the two days later, oh, don't do that. That's that's making patients worse, you know. So, um, and we just kind of talked about it over the over the three years and decided that, you know, there had to be like-minded people like us that wanted to take care better care of themselves. I just don't want a, a quick fix, you know. And this is by no means to to take care of the ER. Um, take place of the ER. I still I still love the ER, but we um we talked about it and we wanted to to bring something to Douglas that of course wasn't here. There was nobody here doing functional medicine. Um, but something aside from just total primary care, and we wanted to learn to just treat people, teach people to treat themselves at home and to give them the tools to, to do that with. Um, and then the, the other side of what we do, we have, we have several different services, was just in, in my little stand as a, you know, through the nearly 10 years as a, as a nurse, I kind of perfected my IV skills, so that was just a, the next option to add in, which is another thing we didn't have. Anybody that was doing IV hydration here had completely stopped, you know. So we didn't have anybody that needed just simple IV fluids. They had to go to the emergency room. So there was an ER visit just for, I got too hot earlier today, I need some IV fluids. Well, and it sounds, you know, we learn in nursing school that you need to take a holistic approach with each patient. And it's a, it's a different concept. Like you said, acute care medicine, reactive medicine, I guess you could say. Somebody comes in with a collapsed lung. They need a chest tube put in. That's great. It's wonderful. It saves somebody's life, you know, but really what you're dealing with is chronic disease, chronic problems, uh, be it thyroid issues or diabetes or weight or whatever, you know, and a, and a lot of this they've come to find out is inflammatory mediated. When you look at root cause analysis, there's chronic inflammation, there's overall inactivity of the person that leads to further inflammation. There's toxin exposures, unique genetic makeup of that individual plays into this, obesity, nutrient and vitamin deficiencies, autoimmunity. I mean, it's a, it's really uh, can be overwhelming to to have one of your patients and sit down with them and start breaking it all down and trying to figure out exactly what is going on to cause their problems, you know. And it's it's something that takes time and commitment, but apparently is worth it. Uh, it's, a, it's a different approach to healthcare. It is. It, it, is. Def- it definitely is. And when you start doing that, um, what's your basic approach? I know it depends on the problems. But right, it does. It depends on, what, you know, what they've come in with. We have people who who just generally don't feel well, they've been weak, fatigue. The f- biggest thing we have is probably fatigue and, and brain fog. That's that's one of our biggest complaints. Is that something that's just stemming still from that, or is it something chronic? So anyway, one of our, our things we do, the probably the initial thing we try to do is the hair analysis. We are one of about 300, okay. yeah, about 300 uh, places in the country who have a, a cell well-being hair analysis. So we, what that amounts to is we pull four strands of hair from the back of the, the head, because, you know, that's where your information's come from is toward the back <laughs> of your brain. And we put it on our, our little reader. It's, a, it's made by Tesla. So about seven years ago, they, this, a doctor in Germany developed this uh, system. 
because he had some they adopted foster children and adopted some children and they they didn't have no, you know didn't know a whole lot about them so that's how he he found out about them because the hair the hair bulb holds information for about three months parasites bacteria um, any kind of deficiencies or anything like that um, so anyway we put it on the on the reader and takes about eight ten, ten seconds to read it and within about fifteen to twenty minutes we have a thirty six page report um, it'll tell us about any um, what systems need to be addressed, whether it's their adrenal system, circulatory system, protein synthesis, just to, just to name a few. Um, any kind of food intolerances. Um, and a lot of a lot of the foods are the inflammatory foods, your corn, your grains, um, gluten, soy. gluten, soy, that kind of stuff. Corn, eggs is on that, and cow's milk is on that list. Um, and you're talking about inflammation. That's some of those foods that can cause a lot of inflammation within the body. And then it tells us, you know, any of their any of their vitamins, minerals, amino acids, antioxidants that needs corrected. And then it tries to tell us some places to we can pick it up from from foods. Now some of that stuff is is, you know, that's entirely a, a lot of a lot of supplements, a lot of vitamins and minerals to pick up from just foods. So we do we do recommend a lot of supplements from that as well. Um it can also yes. it shows parasites, parasites, heavy metals, if you have toxic um metals inside or Radiation. Radiation exposure. When I done mine, mine was mine was over over two thirds of the that circle was radiation, probably just from the, from the environment hospital. where I worked at. So the thing that we try to start with is the three R's, which are remove, replace, and restore, repair. So the first thing you're going to do is just remove the inflammatory foods. That is so important. That is one of the premises behind functional medicine is elimination. If you got something that's causing a problem, you eliminate it. Have to eliminate the whatever's causing the fire. We have to put the fire out. And that's how you do it is through elimination. So remove that immediately. And then we're going to replace. We're going to replace it with some good vitamins. You're changing your diet a little bit. Um, we're going to get you some good supplements. You're going to get an IV. If you need a boost today, we'll, we'll do an IV. And, um, and then we're going to work on repairing. Repairing the gut microbiome. Repairing, um, getting inflammation down. Repairing every cell from within. And that is how we do it is through um, diet and lifestyle changes. Reduce the inflammation. Yeah, so a lot of what y'all are doing is focusing on helping people, you know, you didn't, they probably don't show up at your office because they feel great and they feel like going to Disney World and, and running a, a marathon or whatever. Mm -hmm, so right. a lot of what y'all are doing are helping people figure out, well, what's causing mm -hmm. you to feel this way? Mm -hmm. And um, and then also helping them make the needed lifestyle changes to become healthier and lead a healthier lifestyle because so many people my best friend included, myself included at times, you know, you just, you absolutely do not feel good and you have your lab work done and everything looks absolutely perfect, mm -hmm. you know, but you still just really yeah. don't, you don't feel well Yeah. and people don't know, you know, what to do or, or whatever. And I think people are starting to, you know, with functional medicine becoming more prevalent and people are educating themselves on ways to get healthier. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, that's, people are really wanting to focus on, getting healthy before we get, you know, to the point of having an MI or a stroke? Well, if you come in with the lab work that's normal, but you still feel bad, okay, well, that, that, that lab work doesn't mean that I'm optimal. So I want to get to where I feel optimal. I want to feel my best and know that I'm, I still have these symptoms. Like, why do I still feel bad if my blood work says I'm normal? Okay, well, let's change what we're ordering. We need to order further testing that is more than just one simple test. There's a, there's a lot more we can do. We can order more. The hair analysis can show more. And that was one of the things I, I wrote down so I could remember that because because we experienced that with our youngest daughter was that 
you know, sometimes the worst response you can give to somebody that's suffering from whatever, you know, whether it's something chronic or acute is, well, everything's normal. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't feel normal, mm-hmm. you know, something is wrong. Yeah, our daughter was definitely not normal when she was going through her illness. And we were told over and over that she, everything's normal. Like, just take her home. It's just viral. It'll pass. And then two years pass. And it's, she's still not normal. She's just, she's learned to adapt. This is her new normal. And I feel like that's a, happens to a lot of people is that we just learn to adapt. And we um, don't realize just how sick we are because we're just so used to feeling better. We're so used to being tired all the time or we're used to being chronically stressed out. And, you know, we just don't realize that your nervous system is on fight or flight all the time. And that is not good. That's not good for you. And that's not normal. And um, it's not normal to always be tired. It's not always, it's not normal to feel overwhelmed and sick all the time. That's not normal. And we have accepted it as a, a community, I feel like, is that we just say, oh, okay, which is how I am. We're just all like that. Well, no, that's not okay. And that's not um, ideal. And so your daughter had? Yes, she has Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And um, she was diagnosed a couple of years ago. She was a teenager. And um, what sparked me to, to dig further into functional medicine was her, actually, was just trying to get my child help. I didn't um, know what else to do, but I knew something was wrong. And I just dug into every book I could find about uh, what she was going on. I, I Googled, I YouTubed, I, whatever I could do to think, to figure out what was wrong with her and um, knew to ask for certain tests and went back to the doctor and was like, I need to ask, I want, I want this done and let's go from there, you know? So that was finally done. And then um, that was it really like nothing else. There's no follow up. There was nothing else to do. And I'm like, okay, well now what? So let me find somebody else that can help me. So I, through now he's a nurse and, and we were like talking about what to do, what specialist to go to. And so an endocrinologist was next and we did that. And even him, he was great. Um, he got her own medicine and, and we, she had a couple of surgeries to uh, take care of a few other things that she had stemming from the Hashimoto's. She had more that, uh, because again, once you don't address the inflammation, you don't address the root cause, you're going to, you're going to continue to have uh, flares and other autoimmune diseases are going to show up. So, um, we, uh, did that and, and she, she got a little bit better, but then I found a functional medicine doctor out of Utah and he's the one who helped us tremendously because he was the one who said, you have to do this. You have to do the diet, you have to cut out gluten, you have to cut out, um, several other things that are inflammatory right now and get her autoimmune response down and start these supplements, start this diet. And it drastically changed her life. And that's when I was like, okay, this can't just be us. There has to be more people out here who are suffering and they don't need to be like suffering's optional. Let's don't do that. We don't have to suffer. Like you can live a healthy, optimal life just by a few tweaks. Like it was just, a, it was a few tweaks in her diet and her lifestyle and in her supplement regimen that changed her life. Now I'm not saying it's easy because it is not. And there's going to be a lot of effort on your part as, as the patient goes, but it can be done. That's right. Well, and I've heard Mark say many times, you know, one autoimmune process begets another oftentimes. Oh yeah. I I have read that uh, within five years, you can have a second autoimmune if you're not addressing the inflammation. And that to me rocked my world because I was like, she's too young for this. Like I can't let her have anything else hindering her growth and her future. This, this really rocked my world and I was willing to do whatever I had to do to help her. 
So basically by cutting down the overall level of inflammation in her body. Yes. You cut down her autoimmune response. Absolutely. And it helps you manage the underlying disease, which of course is managed with medicine. I do think it's important to insert here. You absolutely believe in oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. She modern does. medicine. Yeah. In We're it. not taking the place of, no, no. of modern medicine. This, glove, this can right. be a beautiful marriage. Like, this can be a beautiful marriage of both. Um, medicine has its time and place for sure. Um, she she can't function without her, no, her she symptoms. Still takes she her, takes her yeah, medicine her every, day. every day. She also takes a handful of supplements that we give her every day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she avoids them. Uh, and, and she avoids inflammatory avoids foods them. like gluten and other things. So um, she absolutely cannot have. Uh, gluten because gluten is one of the most inflammatory foods there is. So you can't you can't have that whenever you're dealing with autoimmune flare. There there needs to be accountability and there needs to be a patient awareness that you control your health, not your physician. The physician's there to help guide you, of course, but you control your own health. And that's empowerment whenever you realize as a patient, I have control over how I feel and how I uh, take on the day. Well, that changes your whole attitude about your health, whenever you take ownership of your health. Like, so you, you're doing this now. Tell me about some of the training process and learning about this because it's a mm, lot to learn. Lot, yes. It is. Uh, <laughs> and it is totally different from, you know, from the modern medicine I've, I've learned because it was, I started doing the Institute of, Institute of Functional Medicine training. Um, you do an initial training in each body system, GI, hormone, um, circulatory, there's six modules. You have to go through each one of them, and each one of them gets more in depth and more advanced. Depth. And and a lot of their, you know, again, it's not, again, not taken com- away from primary care, but a lot of the, the, I guess you could say, medicine is nutraceuticals. You know, that's a mm-hmm. that was a new word to me. Nutraceuticals. That's that's basically your vitamins and minerals and whatever it is you're lacking in. That's that's the recommendations we make a lot of times. And so your initial training with the Institute of Functional Medicine, that's a process that goes on for how long? This the core the of it. the initial part is a, a six month process. And then And I, then each one of those steps are most of it is a weekend, but it's a full intense weekend. Mm-hmm. Through the, and it takes about a whole year or about a year and a half to go through it all. And I know it's all lifelong learning. I mean oh, I still yeah. Oh, yeah, take, something. I still do ER modules for oh, yeah. ER boards and internal medicine right. modules for my internal medicine boards, which I have to do later tonight. And uh, I'm sure you can add on and add on and add on knowledge. And oh, yeah. Oh, right. yes, sir. We're actually going to Texas in December. We're going to learn to do uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And that's what we're going out there to do is learn to do the, the procedure mm-hmm. for the, the pellet insertion. Yeah. And then sometime next year, we're going to um, a clinic in Wichita, well, they do high dose vitamin C. Mm-hmm. They do like an integrative chemotherapy out there. And I mean, I went out of oncology or anything, but they do uh, just their portion of the, the high dose vitamin C. And I'm talking about high dose, you know, not 500 milligrams. We're talking 50 to 100 yes. grams, you know. Because when you say that, folks think, you know, your normal dose of vitamin C you take by, by mouth is, you know, 1,000, 1,500 milligrams. We're talking big doses, but um, they do a, a training out there on their. Their cancer protocols. Yeah, it's always that's always been a fascinating topic because of um, with some of the sepsis studies and with um, some of the COVID um, right. uh, thing. There were guys doing research on that, and the only way you can get those kind of levels is IV. Right. You can't because of GI intolerance when you start taking big doses of vitamin C. A reasonably benign thing to do you, you know it's a water soluble vitamin you can't really overdose on it so 
uh, it is there's really not a lot of downside. Uh, it's been an ongoing area of research for quite some time. It's interesting to read about. I don't know that much about it, but I have read bits and pieces. And and Bobby, you know a fair bit about oncology yourself. I right. think you had what did you have? Non Hodgkin's non Hodgkin's lymphoma as a teenager. As a teenager, yes. So you've been 16. you've been doing medicine for a long time, either receiving it or exactly <laughs> <That's right. laughs> practicing it. And yeah. you said that your analysis showed about the radiation, right? Right, yes. Yes. just radiation. So, do they does it recommend certain changes for to help like to have your detox. Detox. most yes. most yeah, time it is a detox mm-hmm. and any any of our exposures, the bacteria, the chemicals, um, radiation, parasite. The parasite. We have people freak out when they see, I've got a parasite, because you think dogs and horses and cows get parasites. But probably 35% of the patients we do, or clients we do hair analysis on, have parasites. It's fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, they. I have to tell people, don't don't freak out. It's, we, can, we can fix this. We can fix this. But yeah. it's a, we, get, we always have recommendations for foods to help cleanse and detox the body. And, of course, it, uh, avoidance, you know. There's several things you can do to help your body detox. Detox baths. Detox foods, our detox sauna can do that. Like there's there's several things to support your body, body naturally heal itself. Right. Well, one of the things that one of our you know listeners commented, yes. one of the questions that they had actually was, what are some? Do y'all talk about preventative measures that just actually help keep people their healthiest age? Well, do y'all work with patients yes, just through prevention. I, yes. Uh, also, is what we've been talking about is added in the ones that are deficient in the vitamins. Make sure that your levels are, are even all the way around. And staying active, like keeping walking, keeping your grandkids if you have grandkids, or um, just staying active, staying engaged in um, even brain activity, staying engaged in. Um, and we did talk a little bit before we got started about um, Dr. Mark Hyman and the doctor's pharmacy. Yes, I like to listen to I, him. I and too. One of the things he had a guest on and they were just talking and I think one of the guests made the comment, you know, that not a lot of doctors in Western medicine, a lot of them do not order CRP levels and SED rates and all this, and that should be being done. You know, those are things that can help tell people if they have inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, I think a lot more order that than was given credit for. What are some things that people can maybe do a self-check and say, hey, I have this going on. Maybe I need to, you know, go talk to them and see what well, I think the simple things that people can do to, in general, improve their health and cut down on chronic inflammatory stuff is, uh, again, the good dental hygiene, activity, exercise mm-hmm. clearly reduces, right. I mean, within reason. Look, if you're out running 50 miles a day, you're probably raising your level of inflammation. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's you, not what I'm talking about. do too much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, try to avoid toxin exposure. That's, you know, pretty... Well, but I was thinking more along the lines of what are some things that could give a person a clue that I may well, have chronic inflammation too, like going women on. Is our, if, if you wake up and your face is puffy, your mm-hmm. your belly's kind of pooched out, that's a sign that you have some inflammation going on. Something that you ate the day before is giving mm-hmm. you some inflammation. So yeah. um, joint your, pain, under fatigue. your eyes are puffy or swollen, your joints are swollen or sore. Um, that yeah. is all clues that yeah. you have. If you have the bleeding gums and right. Blood. And joint pain, fatigue, uh, just like brain fog, just not feeling well in mm-hmm. general. You know, these are all signs that something something more basic may be going on. I guess, you know, all this kind of brings to mind, uh, I'm trying to, I was try, sitting here trying to come up with an analogous disease process that what comes to mind is Lyme's disease. 
Mm-hmm. I've diagnosed several Lyme patients mm-hmm. over the years. You treat them adequately with antibiotic therapy, rocephin and doxycycline, both cross the blood-brain barrier. They, the, both of those drugs permeate tissues well. They don't just stay with high serum levels like penicillins do. So these are drugs that, that really get into the tissues of the body. So you, you have a Lyme patient, you treat them, you've given them two or three rounds of antibiotics, you know that you've killed the bug, okay? But they still feel awful. And it's what I've seen when people are diagnosed with later stage Lyme's, you know, it's about a two-year process after you've adequately treated them until they get better. And so I guess looking back on it, what you're dealing with is the inflammation and Mm -hmm. the immune response and everything that's going to take time to quell down. And I think what you're doing, and, and I don't know this, I've not read anything about this. This is just my own. I'm just trying to think pathophysiologically. I think this would be the ideal person hey, I was diagnosed with Lyme's. I had had it for a couple of years. Looking back on it, I remember when the tick was on me, I had this little rash. I never got treated. And I've been given these antibiotics. I'm cured now, but I still feel awful. Wow, what a great patient for you guys to then take over and, and say, hey, we need to do these things. We need to get this whole immune response you know, Absolutely. to quell down. Yeah. We And this chronic inflammation, I, I think that would be, I was trying to come up with a prototypical patient that would be, just like, and I I know that you yeah. you rarely get the perfect little patient uh, handed to you with a bow wrapped around right. them. I get that, but right. but it's a great way to learn yeah. things. Exactly. And so, yeah, and so we have seen we, a couple of well, because the the antibiotics have, like you said, have killed the bug, but they now they've wrecked their gut. So we yes. have to restore repair that. So now we're back to okay again. Let's do the three R's. Let's let's remove. Let's repair. And let's um he- start healing. Yeah, it, it is, and it was taught. For years by the CDC, it's not down here. And now recently, within the last couple of years, they actually came out and said basically everywhere. And it's interesting you talk about that. The Even in the ER, I will oftentimes, you just don't know what's going on with somebody. And if you don't really get an answer with your first little battery of test, sick, are they not sick? You know, I mean, I'll add a CRP just to see. You get a CRP back seven, eight, nine, whatever. You're like, well, hey, something's going on. I don't know what it is. Right. You know, it's going to take more testing than I can figure out. I'm going to call the internist upstairs. I'm going to see if we can tuck this person in. They can do some more tests, add cultures, you know, start doing whatever they need to do. Echoes, CTs, MRIs, you know, and, you know, try to figure out what's going on with this person acutely. You know, so I do find some of these inflammatory marker tests to be very important. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be just basic white counts, SED rate, CRP, you know, D-dimers can be uh, an a marker of inflammation, as can ferritin. There's just a lot of things you can look at that just say, "Hey, doc, something's wrong. Now go yeah. figure out what it is." Yeah. You know, they which may not be specific, but they say something's going on. Right, yeah. right. So it is. It is a fascinating thing to read about and learn about. Right. How did you? Um, so the doctor that ultimately helped you the most with your daughter is a functional medicine yes. doctor. How did y'all stumble across him, or Through how did podcast, you get steered actually. towards him? I found him on a podcast, and um, what he was describing was exactly what we were going through. And I was like, I need to somehow get her to him. He was in Utah. And I was like, how how can we get a hold of him? How do we, how does he help patients? So I called the number at the bottom of the podcast. And I was like, can I get, can we get in? This is the situation. This is our daughter. What, what can we do? So um, we, a lot of money <laughs> and a lot of uh waiting time he had a waiting list to get in and um anyways we did two telehealth visits with him and he literally changed our lives 
He helped us so much. We followed his protocol strictly. Again, the patient has to take ownership and you have to do what they tell you to do as far as your diet change, your lifestyle change, your supplement changes, all that. And we did all that. And it was not easy. I'm not saying at all that it was easy, but we have been through it. I know what the patients are going through when they leave our office. I'm like, I've been there. I've done that. I know how hard this is. I know it's overwhelming and it's a lot to do, but it can be done. And, and you have to do these steps if you want to feel better. And you will see results quickly if you do this. It's not going to be, you know, years from now. It, it can be within weeks that you, that you feel turned around. That, you that was better. actually my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. um, so y'all started this and are you seeing success in your patients? Yes. We are. We, we are. are. We, we have people tell, come back all the time for, you know, for different things. So we've talked a lot about the things y'all are doing and some of the things you're planning. Is there anything else that y'all are doing that we haven't discussed yet? We have our ozone sauna that we haven't really touched on much about. It's called a HOCIT, uh, Hyperthermic Ozone Carbonic Acid Transdermal Technology. That's the acronym for it. And transdermal means through the skin. So it's the longer you keep it on your skin, like two to seven hours they recommend. It, it continues to work even after you leave our facility. It's still, still working on your skin. To kind of reiterate and recap, functional medicine addresses each person individually right. in a comprehensive fashion. It's a commitment of, of time. Um, to figure these things out, you you basically are trying to address the root cause of chronic problems and help prevent them in the future. What have I left out about it conceptually that people need to understand? Well, like we said, we've said earlier, it's not we're not trying to take place, and functional medicine does not completely take place of primary care. It's a it's a hand in hand, and that's what we want to be. We want to work with every every primary care physician in in town. And their patients, um, and work hand in hand, treat teach patient patients how to treat themselves. And there's just going to be conditions you you've got to have primary care and medicine for. <clears throat> but we want to be able to teach them to control other things that may help, not and rather than hinder some of their chronic conditions. You know, their CHF and their high blood pressure, atherosclerosis, or whatever they're dealing with. And we do try to take plenty of time with each patient. Well, it's like we've said many times with our other guests. You know, as a healthcare provider, know your know your resources because y'all are a great resource. Y'all can be a great resource for primary care providers because you have a patient who maybe they have diabetes and you just do not have the time that is required sometimes to help educate them on lifestyle changes and diet changes, diet modifications that can assist. Right, exactly. So that's what we're here for. Try to bridge that gap and. Um, you know, have a communication that's open with the patients and the other providers too. So tell our listeners how they can find y'all. Well, we're on Facebook and Instagram and our kids just missed TikTok too. So we're good. <laughs> great. That. And we'll link those. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. And we're at 11, our office is 1150 Ward Street Extension, Suite B1. And are y'all open at, what are y'all's hours? Monday through Thursday, nine to five and Friday it's nine to two now. Well, so. thank you so much for being here. It's a fascinating topic. Uh, very interesting to me. Thank I, you so much for having us. It's really cool to learn mm-hmm. stuff. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank, thank you so much for having us. Thank you.